Hi everyone and welcome to Training for Life Redeemed. I'm Dan, I'm here with my father, David Jackson. We are diving into the book of Psalms or book two of Psalms. Uh, we have been working our way through book two quite steadily. We are today looking at Psalm 53. Psalm 53. For the director according to Machlath, a mascal belonging to David. A fool says in his heart there's no God. An evil one. They ruin and commit abominable crimes. There's no one doing good. God looks down from the heavens on the descendants of man to see whether there's a sensible person who seeks God. Each one turns back. Together they're corrupted. There's no one who does good, not even one. Don't the workers of wickedness know who eat my people as they eat bread? Don't they call on God? There they're terrified by terror when there is no terror because God scatters the bones of the one who camps against you. You shame him, because God rejects them. Who from Zion will grant Israel salvation? When God restores the welfare of his people, Jacob will rejoice, Israel will be happy. Now, Dad, Psalm 53 says that it belongs to David. It's a mystical, yep. uh, I don't know who this... Uh, you know, for the director, according to Mark Halaf. <laughs> Nobody knows. My, Greek, my Hebrew is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so we don't know who that is, but we understand that it generally belongs to David. He then starts off the actual singing bits, uh, talking about fools and them not following gods, and they think there is no God. This is... Yeah, this little section, the three verses, verse three is you know the one that's quoted in the New Testament about yep. there being no one who follows God, not even one, no one who does good. You know, I mean, it's not the big quote, but it's it's part yeah. of <laughs> part of what's there. Why? What's happening? Why are we starting off with the atheists? I mean, I know this is going to fit in with what we've been discussing throughout, yeah. uh, where we've got the call to God's people, the call to general people, and now this is kind of like a. Uh, it seems like they're atheists who don't believe in God and they don't yeah. follow God and no one does. So he's he's actually, whoever's edited the book of Psalms together, in book two, has decided to copy uh, Psalm, an earlier Psalm and stick it in here as an introduction to the next set. So we're going to have a set of Psalms 54 to 60 um, and 54 to 60 is all about that period between when David after he killed Goliath, through to when he finally gets to be king. So most of it, 54 through to about 50, what are we up to, 58, uh, 59, is going to be about the period between uh, when he's running around in the bush running away from Saul. Okay. So is 53 part of that? Is 53, is, 54? 53 is like the hinge where you go okay. from where we've been talking about repentance or not repentance now we're going to talk about the battle between the two kings. So you've got this model um, that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden where God creates all this wonderful stuff and he sits, sets you up. Uh, he is ruling. You are Adam. You are, have dominion. You rule over his world under him and there's the kingdom of God and it's lovely. Uh, and then he believes a lie tells God to go jump in a lake, and now you have two kingdoms at war. And Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden. They're in exile. 
um, and the war is fully on. And then you just watch everything fall apart into this raging war. So on the one hand, there's the world falling apart because they told God to go jump. And then on the other hand, God's got this subversive plan of salvation where his kingdom's going to operate whether you like it or not. Uh, and ultimately, he's going to bring in Jesus as the rightful king and the usurper king, and he are going to battle it out. And so there's this period, this in-between period, where you're in the bush, being a subversive right king, the kingdom of God, but the dominant power is the usurper. And the usurper is all the kings of this world, um, and so we use, this is set up so that Saul versus David um, is the model of that in-between period. And to get us started on that, we're going to go all the way back to the thing that starts the process, which is when you say no to God. And if you say no to God, then you're operating without God as if there is no God. And hence he sticks Psalm 53 in there just to introduce you to what's going to happen. Okay, so does that kind of mean, yeah, the atheist theory is not Saul. We're not talking about Saul here. It's just that this is the hinge as we're about to then start to talk about David and Saul. Yeah, I mean, when you say there is no God, <clears throat> you can't live with the concept there is no God. Mm. Um, and so, I I mean, we're school teachers. We've, we've wrestled with teenagers and kids for a long time. One of the things that's profoundly impacts us in this generation is that we've got a generation that says there is no God. Uh, and as they say that, one of the, you then say, well, how's that working out? And this psalm will describe how that's working out. And you, you look at the anxiety and the depression, um, you know, suicide rates through the roof, all of that, it's just unlivable to be in in a world like this where there is no God. So previous generations have substituted something for God. Mm. But the overall effect is there's no real God. There's just my fantasy gods. And that's where Saul is. So Saul has redefined God to be somebody he's got in his pocket when he needs him. Um, okay. Yeah. So then... Continuing through this psalm, we're going to have God start to speak to, I mean, David saying what God's going to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, but God's going to basically talk about how, you know, the life of an atheist ends in terror and fear and how they basically God comes in to protect his people from them yeah. um, and destroys them, essentially. Yeah, yeah. If, if there is no God, there is no point, there's no meaning. If, there's no me if there is no God, when I die, I cease to exist. Life is pointless. So it's all about me now. It's not about you. There's no point in me doing anything for you. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Um, it's me and my moment. Um, and if you listen to uh, our culture, it is screaming out that you are the most important person in the world. Um, you're worth it. Uh, you deserve it, you should go out and grab it. Um, and all of these things are happening, and the end result is that you end up smashing everything. You become 
destructive. So the psalm opens with an, a, a, an evil one, which is a destructive one. They ruin and commit abominable crimes. They do no good thing. So when God created paradise, uh, there's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and God says everything was good, everything was good, everything was good, and Adam chooses evil, rottenness. So now we're dying, everything's falling apart, because we said no to God and we believed a lie. And the big lie is there's no God. God's, God's lying to us. He's, we'll reinvent him. So this just becomes this cycle of destruction. Um, I was listening to somebody the other day and they were saying, you know, how the human race is the most destructive species on the planet. Mm. You know, we were set up to be the guardians and the custodians of the world to glorify God and continue the beautiful things that he's done. Instead of that, we've just gone around and smashed the thing. Um, He blesses us with children. I was talking to somebody at church the other day um, uh, and they've got a bit of a problem. <laughs> There's a guy in my Bible study group, and he's, they've been married three years, his wife's pregnant, and his mother-in-law's response to his her daughter conceiving a child was um, that, that your life is now ruined. And you go, how on God's earth do you get from the blessing of children to seeing children as ruining your life? And the answer is, there is no God. The only reason I exist is for me. Mm. Um, yeah, when you're worshipping yourself, then it makes sense to sacrifice a lot of things so yeah. that you can be comfortable and happy. Uh, yeah, whereas the Bible is very clear about us and our maturity is more about becoming more and more like Christ, in which case children are a massive blessing because yeah. they definitely help you become a lot more like Christ. All the, beauti- <laughs> all the beautiful things that God created to give us, to be a blessing to us, and we have got to the point where we just want to smash all that. Mm. And you can see it in Genesis uh, 3 when they choose evil, um, but he's saying at the root of that destructive culture is this idea there's nobody out there higher than me. I'm going to cease to exist, so let's do whatever we like in the meantime. Um, yeah. And we are... So he describes all this corruption and destruction, and he's posing the question in this song, Is that? did you think this through? Uh, seriously, if there is no God... Um, now, when you come to the New Testament, or even Psalm 19... Um, or you flip over to Romans 1, <laughs> we're lying to ourselves. We know he's there. We know he's there. We know he's angry with us. Uh, you don't. He, we know he's all-powerful, but we don't know how to get out of trouble. Mm. So we suppress that knowledge and we just go and smash everything. Well, that's not a good place to be. No. No, this Psalm goes on to talk about God scattering their bones or breaking their oh, bones or something like that. Beautiful. <laughs> and then and then goes on to the rejoicing of Zion because they're his people. Yeah. Uh, and so he's looking after them, God restores them and their welfare and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a, kind of a nice way to end a psalm. I, I find a lot of psalms tend to end happy. <laughs> yeah. I like stories, you know. Yeah. We start off, oh, here's the problem, find a solution and... Praise God. <laughs> yeah. And you, you, you look at this, you say, God is going to bring judgment, just judgment, for people who have totally destroyed the beautiful thing that he's made. And that beautiful thing includes them. 
So you go from being this person who was created for immortality, to be the image of God and the glory of God, uh, to display his wisdom, his skill, his beauty, all that stuff. And what are we left with? Dry bones on a battlefield uh, as we've slaughtered each other. So this is a, uh, when he talks about, you know, God scatters the bones of the one who camps against him. He's talking about a, a military camp that's, you know, they've, they've set themselves up for battle. Mm. And at the end of the battle, God is still here. Uh, and they're just dry bones on a battlefield. Uh, why would you set up the camp to go into battle with that as your outcome? <laughs> yeah. You know, what What idiot decides to go to war? Um, it's just crazy. So in the process, God shames him. There's shame in what you've done in telling, making this claim there is no God. Um, but meanwhile, God is going to save his people. Uh, and that's a huge act of grace and mercy to people who were camped against him. Um, and here we are. Well, now that's the end of this psalm. Mm. If you enjoy the psalm, you want to grab the study notes for this psalm, you can head over to trainforliferedeem.com slash, let's see, 108 is this episode? 109. 109, so yeah. 109 for this episode. Uh, mm. If you haven't subscribed, hit the, the subscribe button. Make sure you come back and join us again next week when we continue to walk through the book of Psalms.